You are listening to Behind the Horse's Eyes on the Illiterate Podcast Network. Welcome back to Behind the Horse's Eyes. I am your humble host, Ryan. Today we have got a, I'd like to say a banger, but man, she she bent my arm. She made me do it. And after she had a viral video on TikTok, I said, you know what? I got to have her on. You know her from the round table of Mediocre Horsemen. This is Miss Hannah Schroeder. Thank you for having me on. Nope. Yeah, no problem. Finally, finally your own show so you can talk about your own breed. And I said I wasn't going to back you into a corner and make you sell me on your horse, but oh yeah, we're doing that. I I didn't believe you for a second. <laughs> you know me. You know me way too well. So, um, fun fact. So, which I think you already know. I was checking the uh, the ratings on podcast today, and behind the horse's eyes is in the top fifty. Yeah, I saw that. Oh. Yeah, top 50 for uh, pets and animals. I don't, I don't know how many podcasts are out there for pets and animals, but uh, we are top 40 on iTunes, top 50 everywhere else uh, in the world. Nice. Yeah, no, if I just had the money, you know, that people thought I had from that, but, you know, I'll take my $11 and spend it accordingly. <laughs> hey, it'll buy you lunch. It'll buy me a lot. I don't know. I went through a Popeye's drive through earlier and it said uh, prices on menu do not reflect actual price. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I know. Apparently they haven't updated their menu. The price, of, the price of chicken butts have gone up. <laughs> so you are known as the Paso Fino guru, especially after the video you posted from Texas apparently yeah <laughs> you got you you got all the love and all the hate at the same time too and to be honest so a i did not expect that video to blow up um at all but when it started to um i was actually a little surprised how long it took for some of those hate comments to come in um it was like after the first 24 hours that i started to get them and i'd seen some other uh viral Pasifina videos and so I kind of knew what to expect I'm just waiting for it to go viral in Germany like the other ones did <laughs> and then like having to translate all the hate comments but well, yeah so the funny thing about that is I have a couple of videos that did really well in like Latin America and so okay. I'll get I'll get messages all the time and be like so-and-so edited the translation for your video in Spanish and I'm like oh I have a video in Spanish now hey and that's kind of cool yeah, not full purposes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't. I mean, I don't have any Pasofino content, so they'll just go meh. So, you are in the Pasofino world. You're in a Pasofino barn, and yes. before we jump into some of the hate you were getting, I think probably the best thing to do is explain your breed. I think a lot of people out there they they've run across a Pasofino, but I don't know if they've seen really refined Pasofinos, very well bred Pasofinos. Um, 
I know I hadn't until I met you. I had friends I had Passos, but they're they're not like the Passos that you guys have. No, so they are an older breed. It's one of those are older, but not compared to horse breeds. So they've been around for a little over 500 years. Um, they were developed kind of the sailing of Christopher Columbus is where we mark the beginning of the breed because it was with that sailing that brought over horses like the Barb, the um, Andalusian and the Spanish Genet, which is where the gate comes from. They are a naturally gated breed. Um, we are actually very strict in this breed about unlike the saddlebreds and the walkers and even like the Arabians and stuff like that, we're not allowed to use any pads whatsoever. No weighted shoes, anything like that. So it's 100% natural, comes from the Spanish genet, which is a now extinct breed of horse. And they're little, but they have so much fire, what we call brio, and just the biggest personalities. So what, what kind of training goes into those horses? Is there any kind of refinement as far as that? that step they do on the soundboard that you've got to, first of all, explain that, explain the soundboard. The sounding board is literally just a wooden board that we use during our shows to help judge. It helps the judges hear the gate, the evenness of it. Think of it um, like a music tempo that you want it to be a nice, even tempo and not, um, you know, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. It's you want it the nice evenness. So, but that only accounts for a very small portion of the overall score. In the pheno classes, that's about 10% of your score. Um, but that is with my videos, the easiest part to film, the most exciting part. And it's the part that even the audience, that's the best, that's the part we all look forward to. So um, that is the purpose of the sounding board. And there's a couple of distinct breeds of Pasofino, correct? Okay. I don't know if I'd say distinct breeds. They're almost more like bloodlines. So there's the Puerto Rican and Colombian. And to some Pasofino people, the only true Pasofinos come from Puerto Rico. Okay. Um, but it's going to be very hard pressed in the United States to find. A, there is actually a separate registry for pure Puerto Rican Pasofinos. Um, that they are recognized by the Livestock Conservancy as a rare and endangered breed. Um, and they don't count the Colombian lines with that. But Were the Colombian lines imported from Puerto Rico? They kind of developed about the same time. And then there's just been so much interbreeding. So it, it's one of those are not, they are considered the same breed overall to most people with yeah. the breed. And then there's another horse that shares a very similar history, but is not a Pasofino, correct? That's the Peruvian Paso. Correct. So they do have the same ancestry, the Andalusian, the Barb, and the Spanish Genet. And that's about where it ends. So that's really good example of divergent evolution. The Peruvians were developed in Peru, and the Pasofinos were developed in Puerto Rico and Colombia and the more Caribbean area. Yeah. And the gates are similar, though the Peruvio, the Peruvians, <laughs> Peruvian Pasos have what I believe is called a terminal, and it's the same 4B gate, but they wing out with their feet, whereas the Pasofinos, it's straight up and down like a sewing machine. But they are, at this point, considered very distinct 
different breeds. There's um, no crossbreeding is allowed with them within the registries or anything like that. Okay. It's a weird, so we have, we know them as show horses these days on the sounding board and all like that. What was the development of the horse? What was the horse developed for? So they were originally developed to be a smooth riding horse, especially on plantations. Puerto Rico is actually fairly mountainous. Um, with a lot of rough terrain and they would have to when they're on plantations and farms they have to be in the saddle all day and the smoothness of the gait was very much preferred with that because you weren't tired and sore by the end of the day so they so in essence they share very similar histories i guess with a lot of the horses we associate with the south the plantation type horses the american saddlebred tennessee walker florida cracker all those gated breeds. I guess they developed all for, I guess, kind of the same purpose, but all distinctively. Yes, I would say. I mean, the gatedness in all breeds, for the most part, comes from you want a, a smooth horse that you can be in the saddle all day. So what got you involved with them? So I am actually kind of a non-typical equestrian. I've always loved horses, but I did not get to really be around them until I was 18 and I got into college. Um, and with that, there's a Pasadena farm near. So I live now right next to the city that I went to college in. And there is still a farm nearby, not, not the farm that I'm at now, but another farm that they do a lot with the college. The owner is an instructor for the horse science classes and they are a large not only are they a large pasifina farm they are the oldest pasifina farm in the united states um the founder of that farm was involved in importing the horses back in the 60s as well as getting the american registry started so i got involved with the equestrian club um at the time it unfortunately no longer exists but it was held at that farm that was my first introduction to the pasofinos i'd only ever been on like trail rides or ridden friends horses before that and i was actually i thought i was a whole quarter horse girl that's all i wanted to be around until i met the pasofinos and i just absolutely fell in love with them I, I think we all thought we were i think at one point in time everybody goes through that quarter horse phase and then we find out oh wait there's other breeds because let's just be honest the quarter horse is one of those just do all type horses it excels at so many different things that we're all like quarter horse, quarter horse, quarter horse. You don't hear really like a stereotype about, in my opinion, like growing up, I heard so many stereotypes about Arabians and thoroughbreds and all of that. And I mean, there's a little bit of truth to some of that, but yeah, it only breed that I had ever really had exposure to, to an extent. And that I really knew a lot about, um, so it, it was once I really started to get more into horses, like actually physically being around them, that I learned more about other breeds. Yeah. Well, in the quarter horse, yeah, you don't really hear too many stigmas about them because, and when you do, it's usually other quarter horse people. Just the only thing they got is to pick on somebody else's line of quarter horse, you know. Oh, he's got a Hancock. Look out. You know, I mean, it's usually something like that. And you see, and I didn't, even, I still really don't know anything about quarter horse lines. And most of what I know, I've learned from you. So. Well, you know, and the crazy thing is, I'm not. I don't consider myself a quarter horse guy. I have owned a lot of quarter horses and paints. Just it's inherent in the industry that I'm in. Uh, they rule the roost, you know, but at heart, you know, I'm a Morgan guy um, and I love uh, a Quorab. 
and I love an appendix. I'm just one of those people that I'm a firm believer that I think as when it comes to a lot of things, it doesn't get a lot better than a quarter horse, but you throw a little thoroughbred, a little Arab in there and mm, chef's kiss, you know, I mean, that's just, that's how I look at it. And a lot of purists, uh, you know, are hissing at that right now, but man, I, um, I can't say that so much. I, I used to think I wanted a, uh, um, Aztec, the Andalusian quarter horse cross. And I, um, after talking with a vet friend of mine who literally wrote the book at UC Davis on, um, equine sports medicine, she, uh, she pretty much laid it out for me that I have Asticas. I was in that world and you don't want that world, uh, because unfortunately it's a flip of a coin, 50%, you're going to get the best of both 50% shot. You're going to get the worst in the Astica. And, and that's really with any hybrids in general. Um, it, so with the quarter horse process, they are actually in Colombia crossing passos with quarter horses to get a smooth cow horse. So, and it's one of those, I mean, I can definitely see the cross working. Yeah. Well, see, you know, I don't think you're going to see too much of that here in the U.S. because if you want a smooth cow horse, uh, we have the Missouri Fox Trotter which is way, in my opinion, especially since we're talking about gated horses right now, way overlooked when it comes to just good old-fashioned cow horse. That thing's a cow-eating machine and comfy, endurance, which most of the gated breeds, I believe the Paso Fino is known for its endurance as well. I've seen them as endurance horses. They are very well um, known in the trail. Um, I don't know how much they do with endurance, um, I do know there are people who do endurance with them. There was, I believe, a Horse Illustrated uh, cover article that featured a Paso that did endurance. Um, But definitely, I mean, these horses will go all day. They have no quit. I I, I take that back. My gray mare has quit, but most of them don't. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that. uh, I always say that about uh, core abs, that they have no quit. And um, I always say, you know, it's it's that Arab side that won't let them stop. The quarter horse side of mine every once in a while goes, hey, hey, girl, chill out. You know, we've, we've done too much today. That, that's what the Pasos, they, um, so a lot of other breeds and in disciplines, they'll say like, oh, we'll lunge the horse to get him a little bit tired before you ride to get the sillies out. Um, a Pasofina will be dead before you get them tired. Yeah. That's how my core ab is. You, you know, we, we, we can run her in four classes in a day in summer heat and she'll only sweat under her pad and under her eyes and be dry everywhere else and offer her water and she just she'd rather eat you know you're just like are are you even a horse (laughs) and then these guys they do sweat a lot so that was um, a comment that i got on the video was like oh well these horses are sweating and for one people have to remember this was in texas in the spring it was 85 degrees with 80 percent humidity yeah here where I'm at in Missouri, um, we're not used to that yet. I, I actually, before we started this podcast, I'm like, I'm going to go put my hoodie back on because it's starting to get kind of cold again. Yeah, it's it's 80 right now here and it's dark. Yeah, it, it got up to the 70s today, but it's going to get down into like the upper 40s, low 50s tonight. Hard pass. I had a friend of mine in Nebraska sent me a video of snow today and I was like, no, 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 no. no. 
not not in May. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And so I, I I do have a a little bit of history with the Pasofino. I, I always I always pick at you about the breed. And obviously for the show, I'm gonna act like I don't know anything because I want you, you know, to answer the questions. But I had a good friend of mine, she had two. Um, I rode with those horses quite a bit. Uh one named Jill, uh, who sweat profusely. Um even when it was not very hot outside, um, mm-hmm. the horse was drenched constantly. Uh, and I was always told that that's just, that's how they cool off. They're used to a tropical climate. That is they they, they cool off. That is, I've definitely noticed that, that they do tend to sweat a lot easier, but then they cool down a lot easier than some other horses. Yeah. I, I never, I saw this horse sweat, but I never saw that. Uh, you see some horses where they've worked to a lather and the nostrils are flaring and they're just trying to get a breath. I, I never saw Jill do that. You will occasionally see that in the show ring. And it is just because some of these horses are, they work themselves so hard. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, why are you pushing them so hard? And I'm like, if anything, we have a few horses in our barn alone. We have to hold them back. Cause they just want to go, 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 go. And you're like, you're going to hurt yourself if you don't slow down. Oh yeah. They have a motor. I mean, you know, that's any breed, anybody who's owned an appendix or the, owned an Arab or Corab or any, uh, American saddlebred, um, any of those thoroughbred, any of those horse breeds that have, uh, that have a motor that, that high revving motor about them knows they're ready to go. They're always ready to go. And that's for, so for any of like you pony clubbers out there, Pasofinos are considered a hot-blooded breed. Are they really? I did not know that. Yep. Yep. They have um, so much energy to them. And like you said, and that is, I think, why a lot of people get turned off by them too, is especially if they came from something like the quarter horse, especially a really deadhead quarter horse. And then they get on a Paso and the Pasos have so much energy that you as a rider need to be able to harness. Well, and I'll be honest with you. I think hot-blooded, warm-blooded, cool-blooded, these days, they almost mean nothing uh, because there's so many horses out there that are considered hot breeds. The thoroughbred, for instance. I've run across more dead-headed thoroughbreds than probably anything on the planet, and they were off-the-track horses. Uh, now, granted, there's just as many of them that will give you a dirt nap, but you know, I would much rather tangle with an off-the-track thoroughbred than most of these warm bloods these days. And I can agree with that. Um, it, it is very, even when I was a kid and like learning all different horse breeds, I always kind of thought this is kind of bogus. But it, it's, it is a kind of a starting point as long as you do not take it as the end all be all kind of like the same thing with height. So that is actually another point with the Pasofinos. This is a very small breed. Um, they are considered a horse breed, not a pony breed due to their build, but they average about 14 to 14 to 14 to hand time. Oh, they're like a, they're like a, they're like a Caribbean Morgan. It's awesome. <laughs> but but they can carry anybody you know super well and i won't get into it big time on this um podcast because this could be its whole own episode but that 20 percent rule isn't which isn't really actually a rule people misquote that study um, all the time but i mean these guys can easily carry a six foot 250 pound man all day long like yeah. they as long as they are conditioned well they they can do it no problem 
well, that, the, you know, the 20% rule has blown up TikTok. Um, it has, it seems like every week something's burning down horse talk. And it, last week it was the 20% rule. Well, and it was one of those, I mean, the 20% rule comes up every so many years. Um, and the, the study that's quoted the most often came from 2008. And I, I always just accepted like what people told me about it. And when it came back up on TikTok, I finally went and like just started Googling it. And I came across, I didn't come across the study itself, but I came across an article or, or like a four, it wasn't even an article, it was a forum post, but somebody was, it broke it down very well into layman terms, because that's also what people need to understand with scientific studies. Um, unless you know what the heck you're looking for, they are very hard to read. Um, I'm a scientist by trade. And scientific studies are not for the everyday person to read, yeah. but they broke very well. And it's, it is definitely misquoted. They, the people in that did that study actually never said horses can't carry more than 20% of their weight. Well, I'm, the- a, I'm a dummy by trade. So whenever somebody puts scientific evidence in front of me, I'm just, just I read something on the, the gatekeeper gene for a video and then all of a sudden you know they were talking about yeah and they studied icelandic horses and mice and i'm like what the hell the mice come from you know uh, I, I, but it, just, they use mice as like a base for a lot of stuff yeah well should- and i think what it was is they were injecting or trying to create mutation i think in mice or something and i'm like I'm sorry. All I can picture is gated mice. Yeah, just my skirt, my screwing around with like a four B ambling gate. <laughs> my mice, mice doing the tolt. <laughs> ready as it is, but <laughs> you can see mice looking like little Icelandic horses now with that head high, just ambling along inside their cages. Oh, I'm going uh, to hell for that. Yeah, I'm going right there with you. Save me a spot. Uh, so, but you got, so, you know, you got your first viral video and you got mostly, I'd say 95%, uh, very positive. Uh, you got a lot of folks, you know, how people go through and they'll make jokes, you know, like uh, when mom says don't run at the pool, you know, stuff like that. Uh, my getaway horse, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. And they were hilarious. That, that comment. And I knew from, um, Kirk Tally's video, I was going to get that comment because it is literally about almost every other comment is that one. Yeah. It wants to go really original guys, but people are just having fun. And so no, I and you know, and I, I always look at comments like that and I'm just like, you know what, if, if, if you can look at that and you can draw a conclusion and you can, you can have a laugh and everybody else can have a laugh. That's awesome. You got about 3% there. That did not know what they were looking at and made a lot of assumptions. And that is going to happen. So admittedly, it's an odd looking gate to a lot of people. Um, The Tennessee Walker people, I don't like how I was about to phrase that because it's not correct. But what some people have done to Tennessee Walkers in the past has kind of put a blight on the rest of us gated people. Yeah. Because. Um, that blew up so much in the media and then especially non-horse people or people who are very new to horses and don't really know what a gated horse is yet automatically assume it comes from soaring yeah 
Well, and you know, and to bring up soaring, the, the generation today that's showing Tennessee Walkers, American Saddlebreds, Pasofinos, any any gated breed, they have a long dark shadow cast over them from the people before. I mean, you've got a lot of people go, well, it isn't just the old people; it's some of the new crowd. And I'll be honest with you, the stewards these days at these shows, they are so strict. I will say there, there is probably one percent of people who still do it and they do it at home and then they make sure that it is completely out of the horse's system before they get to a show or they soar in ways that are not chemically related um but it still comes down to those people aren't doing well in the show right at least not in the pasos so it's definitely not something that's done often um and i've even talked to several paso trainers um that would actually welcome uh, farm inspections. Yeah. If, if it kept kind of people honest about stuff. Um, and so it is one of those things where, yes, I will be, I will fully admit there are some people who still do it to this day. I can fully say it is nobody that I personally know. I have never seen it done. I've never heard of it being done. It is more of like I've been told yes some people do this yeah well you know and i've known like the tennessee walker people i know that show um if their horse knocks its foot getting in the trailer knocks a little hair off they won't even take that horse to show because they know it won't pass the stewards inspection i don't think our stewards are quite that that strict but but you um, don't have the history in your breed that that unfortunately that the tennessee walker has no, and honestly, um, what people don't understand, like the chemically soaring that the Tennessee Walkers went through, you, that wouldn't even achieve the right thing with the Pasifinas. We want, except for the performance horses, we want a very low and quick gate um, to yeah. which you're not going to get. And, but in our rules, if the horse is lame on the showground, they are automatically not allowed to show. Yeah. Um, if they... And then at some of the larger shows, especially nationals, they do check hoof pressure. Um, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll check the outside wall and everything to make sure that that horse isn't reacting. The horse cannot be sore. Um, I do believe certain rub marks are not allowed. I just have never heard of somebody like if one, it, it's kind of one of those, they take it with a grain of salt. If they, they can tell if, you know, okay, is that intentional or did that horse just scuff itself? Yeah. They, you know, <sighs> And I have to admit, for me, when I look at a lot of gated horse breeds, some, and I know, you know, a horse is born genetically as a gated horse. Like that mutation takes place. We've bred for it, this, that, and the other. Some do just look a little more natural as they do it. And to me, and I know there's some people that will not agree with it. To me, the Pasofino, just its movement, as fluid as the movement is, just looks completely natural. But I, also, again, I am somebody who understands horse anatomy and how a horse should move. And hind leg and front leg is very fluid to me and looks natural. Um, the same thing with like uh, an American saddlebred looks very natural to me in the total body movement. But when I look at a Tennessee walker, the walking on the hind legs with the, the movement of the front leg, it just looks awkward. And that is admittedly, um, pasos are 
my cup of tea when it comes to uh, gated horses. And I definitely understand they're not everybody's. I know they're not your cup of tea on horses, but. Um, I just pick at you. <laughs> yeah, always, every single. <laughs> um, but with the walkers, and this isn't. The thing is, is that I will still defend walk, Tennessee walking people to the ends of the earth against people throwing stations their way that are not deserved. Oh, I agree 100%. I can honestly say though I don't like the breed, and yeah. that is, from personally I I don't enjoy the movement of the walker, um, and that might be because I was introduced to the movement of the Pasifino before I was ever introduced to the walkers. I've also not met any walkers that I've liked. So I, when you say you've never met a Paso that you like, I get it because I've never met a walker that I like. Yeah, well, and I'm on the when it comes to the walker, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I don't know much about um the performance walkers um but the walkers that i know that are pleasure horses um are some amazing horses like there's lines of tennessee walkers that quite literally and i'm not i'm not a gated horse guy i've owned gated horses i've owned i owned a very nice very expensive very well-bred american saddlebred and i loved him but uh, i saw you twitch like you got an eye twitch when i said that no, I had a, I get random. <laughs> anyway, the, but I always tell people that, it, you know, if you're looking for just a good solid trail horse, if you can find a really laid back Tennessee Walker, a lot of times the price is right, especially here in the South, you run across them quite, quite a bit. Like you go to the sales and there'll probably be 15 Tennessee Walkers there on Saturday. You know what I mean? And you get quite a few of them around here as well. Um, the So we rent a barn on the property we're on and the owners up in their barn, they have a Tennessee Walker. And it's I, I don't dislike her. Um, I just have never been a huge fan of the movement. I would much rather have a pass. So the head bobbing also annoys yeah i don't it's like the and i know that's something that tennessee walker people love and i one of these days i gotta get uh, a really devoted tennessee walker person on in fact i got someone in mind i think you know i'm talking about uh to Uh really talk about that breed um and explain that because they are all about that head bob they want that head bob um in that horse in fact i think the horse is even judged on that and in the pasifinas we don't want any head movement whatsoever yeah. So I, I just, it's one of those, I'm like, well, we're kind of on the opposite ends of the gated spectrum. Well, and I think and, it's the same way with the American Saddlebred too. They want to see a nice headset and, you know, and I think that's it. I, I think they want to see that nice headset, pretty movement. They want to see, they want to see the, the leg up parallel with the chest, um, you know, 90 degree bends. In the Paso, so like, and I can describe the different classes here in a bit. Um, in the Fino classes, 15% of the score is based off of appearance. And I find that kind of funny at times because you said like, you know, a nice headset, which is definitely what we look for in our horses as well. But I do know of at least a mare. I don't remember if she what if she was Fino, pleasure or performance, honestly, but it was either Mariquita or Mariquita Trace rode with her nose straight up. Yeah. And that was just how that horse liked to work. That's um, my 
chestnut mare exception, I kind of, I have to work her kind of with her nose out a bit more and up because if you try to get her down into a nice headset, she just gets mad. <laughs> she, she does starts powering through and you're like, okay, we're going to run into a wall because she's not paying attention at this point. <laughs> That that you honestly reminded me. I need to get uh, either Donnie or Susan Peer on mm-hmm. uh, to talk about American Saddlebreds because that's a breed that that you know I, I and I know you came on to talk about the Paso Fino, but I mean we're covering a lot of gated horses here because that's the world you're in. Even though you're on the opposite end of, of the gated horse world, but I got to get one of them on and uh, dive, take a deep dive into uh, America's second horse. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they're not going to like that. <laughs> you know, you, then the quarter horse people go, we must be first, and you'd be wrong. <laughs> Funny, the interesting thing about the Pasos is they are a very new breed to the United States. So I say they, that's why I said they're older, but they're not. Yeah. You know, Latin and South, Latin and South America, they've been around, like I said, for 500 plus years, but they've been around less than a hundred years in the United States. They really started to be imported in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Well, and there's probably, if you consider the Americas, you know, North and South America, uh, the Pasofina was probably the first breed developed in the Americas. Would you yes. say that? Yeah. yeah. One, of, we, one of Yeah. If we talk about American breeds, um, I think the first breed genetically related to the Paso Fino, uh, now extinct, would be the Narragansett Pacer, mm-hmm. um, which developed into the American Saddlebred. But we don't talk about that because Justin Morgan had a horse. <laughs> you can always relate stuff back to Morgan's. You I can always relate back to Morgan's. I mean, you know, um, I, it, it's it, you know, how you are with the Paso Fino. You know, that is your breed. You know, it's the breed that has your heart. You love that world and everything else. And I, that's how I am with the Morgan. And, you know, we love our breeds even with for their faults, too. You know what I mean? Because we know they're not everybody's cup of tea. And we don't expect them to be everybody's cup of tea because if they were everybody's cup of tea, it wouldn't make them unique in our breed. You know what and I mean? I will say people not liking the breed as long as they understand the breed. I, yeah. I can't, but I can't people who say, I don't like that. And it's because of misconceptions and ignorance. Yeah. I don't, you know, like I say, I always say, I'll never say I don't like Pasofinos. Um, I'll say they're just not my cup of tea. <laughs> Do what? So you say that to me on a daily basis. <laughs> well, I say that to you, but the reality is, is they're just not my cup of tea. Like I don't have a, now, you know, if I found one in a, in a pretty bad way and it needed a home, I'd take that thing in in a heartbeat and, 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 and love it to death. Um, if I'm going out and buying a horse to be my next prospect, a Pasofino's, you know, obviously not going to be it. A, a Morgan's obviously not going to be it either. Um, but I'll always have a always have a stall for a Morgan. But the, you know, it, you know, everybody's got their own thing. Uh, same with the Tennessee Walker people. You know, like you said, you don't personally like the breed, but you know, you'll never you'll defend those people uh, with your last breath against misinformation. Um, and I'm sure if you found one in a bad way, you'd take a Tennessee Walker in in a heartbeat until you found it a good forever home. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, we're horse lovers at heart, even though we have our breeds. At the end of the day, we we're I, I'm I, I never want to be one of those people that say it's 
this breed and only this breed and everything else is trash. I'll never be that person. Yeah. And so the, I would love to get you on a show horse one of these days because it is definitely a different experience from Rail Paso. I want to do that, that, that soundboard move that was at the Corto. Oh, oh yeah, no, we definitely, that's a requirement. I want to, I want to do that. I want to, I want to sit there. I want a copper cup full of Kentucky mule and just sip as that thing does its little thing around. Oh yeah. Um, but we have in the breed, what we call the Pasifina smile. And it's almost every time you get somebody on a well-gated Pasifina, they just get a grin. Oh yeah. So, and I'm not going to lie. So my first lesson horse that I ever had when I first started taking lessons, got in a barn was a Missouri Fox trotter named seven. And the first time my instructor told me to lean back on my pockets, get my thumbs up and collect him. I could do nothing but smile. Like, you know, when you ride a gated horse for the first time and that horse is doing its thing, you can't help but smile. Yeah. And it's, there's another saying that like what I've got is um, once you go gated, you never know why you waited. Yeah. But, um, so, with the Pasofinos, obviously showing like every other gated breed, you know, there are, uh, you know, like American Saddlebreds, they have their, they have their fancy five gated class, whatever that's called. Sorry, Susan. Um, you know, they have country pleasure. They have Western pleasure. Uh, I think there's a park class. What I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a thing apparently. What, <laughs> Pasofino shows. Let's walk us through that. It's not just all sounding boards. No, sounding board is really a very show, and it's actually not something that is even required in most classes. I think they've only recently started requiring it in a few of the classes because people would get upset that they are not allowed. That not that they weren't allowed, but that they would go into the class and then the judges were able to determine without the need of the sounding board, the winner, so they wouldn't call for it. And people would be like, but I want to do it. So, yeah, um, it seems like, the, now fun, it's like, like the fun thing to do for like participant and horse, like, you know, like, yeah. please, let's do the soundboard. Well, and you can even hear like see some of the horses or like when I'm writing, like the horse note can tell when it's. When I say out of gate, I mean, it's just not perfectly in gate. They're still doing a gate, maybe in perfect tempo, and they'll correct themselves. Oh, see, that's me. That's, you know, that's why I don't get along with passive feet. are way too bougie. They are very bougie. You yeah. made, so how you, I believe, is you made that comment about passive people are just bougie Arab people. They really and are. I, Said that to my boss and he was like yeah that sounds about right <laughs> <laughs> they're bougie arab people you know arab people are talking about like you know the the, the particular wine they're drinking and pasofino people have like a 400 bottle of tequila or rum or rum. rum oh yeah rum 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 makes more sense i do like rum speaking of drinks i didn't have the hiss i wanted unofficial episode sponsor sponsor I can't talk. Coors, <laughs> Coors, yeah, Coors Banquet. This this is going to go downhill, and I have a sponsor read coming up. Oh, 
but um, so with the Pasafinos, there are three main classes that passes are kind of divided up into. And that is pleasure, performance, and Fino. So Fino is very quick, low to the ground footfall movement with very little forward movement. So those are the ones that you're going to see in most videos. That was actually the video that's of mine that started to blow up was a Fido class. And then for some reason, a squadron took off. Um, but those are, that, that is admittedly purely a show gate. Um, it is not the most practical out in the real world, but the horses do that naturally themselves. That it, That is a product of selective breeding and they either do it or they don't. And just because you breed, you actually don't even usually breed two Fino horses together. Most of the time you're going to get a dud. Um, so was that a horse snort? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually sitting in the barn between two. <laughs> if you, you know, if anybody ever wondered if behind the horse's eyes was legit, there you go. We got horse snorting in the background. <laughs> well, they're also shown in harness, correct? As as uh, cart horses. Um, rarely. Oh, I, really? It, they there is a driving class. Okay. Driving class. Um. But as my boss puts it, why would you have the world's smoothest riding horse pulling a cart? Well, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I get that. That's why most gated breeds are not not harness horses at all. But I know I, I was looking at your, I did a little research, a little, little research on the side, did a little Googling and found the rule book for your uh, judges and stewards. And I noticed that there was a, a cart class. Uh, <coughs> in there and i was like i don't think i've ever seen a pasofino in harness you will probably at nationals get three or four people competing in that class and that's it okay so everybody's going home with a ribbon is what you're saying unless you completely mess up (laughs) (laughs) if if you flip the cart and they drag it upside down out the arena you don't go home with anything pretty much um (laughs) But I see like the three main classes, though, any of the horses that are going to be in the specialty classes are still going to fall within the three main classes. Yeah. And that's the and performance is high knee, high hawk action, lots and lots of action. And again, natural, you might get some sleazy people that will try to force that. But um, it, it, any horse that I've ever met, it is all natural for them it's just naturally so i have a mare who my my chestnut mare is kind of a mix of pleasure and performance yeah because she's got real high hawk action but she doesn't have the knees to qual to do well in performance and then pleasure is kind of your run-of-the-mill pasifino then that's that's kind of your base and I believe that's what my friend had, where where they she had pleasure passively. Now, I, and I'm not gonna lie. So we would do Jim Connor all the time. She was my Jim Connor show buddy, along with my trail riding buddy. And uh, those horses are quick. They like, are. Their so the- run is quick. I've got some pictures of her leaned over, giving that horse its head. Holy cow! So we don't. Most people do not canter or run with their pasos um and that is so the pasofinos have 
so pleasure and performance are going to have two gates, whereas the pheno, this, there's three gates for the breed. Um, the pheno gate, which is again how we get the name for the pheno horse, is yeah. that very quick, quick short step with little forward movement. Um, and then the other two are corto and largo. Corto, it's a four beat lateral gate that is about a trot speed. Okay. And then the largo can be up to like a canter speed. Same okay. gate, it's just fast. Okay. So the first kind of your in between a walk and a canter as your like your normal ambling gate that you would see on a gated horse. It, it's still a four beat gate. It's basically a sped up walk. Okay. Is it, a, is it a single footed ambling gate as in one foot bears all the pressure at one point in time? No, no. No. It's the it is okay. At a time. Oh, I learned a thing. Yeah, yeah. So it is one foot in the air, or you know, it's one foot coming up as one is co- coming down. Yeah. Uh, but they will typically. I mean, that it, it's if there's two feet off the ground at the same time, it's usually because that horse isn't quite in gait. Um, but a true, it is a true four beat lateral gait, and so it's one foot is picked up at a time. So literally, it is a sped up walk. Okay. I mean, we're we're barrel trash over here, so we try to turn everything into a barrel horse. I've never seen one actually refine. The Pasofinos <laughs> I've seen have always been stretched out running like their hair's on fire. Um, so the Pasofino can can be kind of weird. <laughs> it's I call it a Pepe Le Pew run. <laughs> I, I will not say it's the most pretty run I've ever seen. This horse was quick, kind of awkward, but it was quick. Yeah. I I have done um on my chestnut mare, I have done barrels not very successfully and that didn't really have anything to do with her gait had more to do with her spooking going towards the first barrel and her thinking it was going to eat her the the paso asshole yeah (laughs) that's a pasofino mule mix and that that will not only kill you but it will plan out how it's going to do it you know what i say that about my core app the quarter horse brains like we're going to eat it my air brains like it's going to eat us um but i do uh, pole bending on her not really competitive I've, I've only ever done it competitively at like small fun shows and then once at a paso show where they offered it as a small cash class and there was like two of us that entered into it well that's fun but, pole bending is fun it is and honestly the reason that she did better on poles than the other horses because the gal actually tried to canter through most of it or run through it and exception just gated the entire time so yeah. she was fast to maneuver more quickly because she didn't break gate. I wish po- physically running up and down. Yeah. I wish poles would become more of a thing. I mean, you see it at, you know, um, fun shows and stuff like that a lot. And you see it in high school rodeo. And I wish like the NBHA would do, you know, you see the speed events a lot. We do- at the last PA rodeo that I was at, because uh, I volunteer with one every year. And I asked, like, why is there not any, you know, pole bending? Like, why, why do we stop doing this after high school? And they're like, just it, everybody just switch out, switches over to barrels. Well, and I'll be honest with you, having owned um, both really good barrel horses and really good barrel horses, there are really good barrel horses that are really good pole benders. And there are really good pole bending horses that are miserable at barrels and the majority of people have one horse you know in high school rodeo 
And then as you get out and you get into a horse that would be considered a professional pole bending horse, which I don't think there's a thing, um, is a horse that does flying lead changes on demand pretty much. Uh, and I had a horse like that that would run a 22 to a 23 in a pole pattern. And that's quick. In my opinion, that's quick. And uh, I couldn't even tell you what our time was with the Passos. I mean, a Paso is never going to probably be a quarter horse. They just don't yeah. have them for the so funny story. This was not a quarter horse. This was a Palomino half uh, some gated breed. I, I don't know if she was either Tennessee Walker or Saddlebred or something. And then some mutt um did beautiful flying lead changes was a completely abused horse that was free we had no idea she could do poles we tried to <laughs> she was leggy she was quick we was like you know we'll make a barrel horse out of her she had no idea what to do with all that leg like it was it, we were like this is not working we're not making <laughs> any money here and uh, there's a speed event coming up and autumn who is uh jockeying some horses for me and was a student of mine at the time i said grab that pally i said and let's see what she does on on poles i said i know she does great flying lead changes let's see what's up and i clocked her in the yard at 21 and she clocked at an official 23 um and i was like holy cow we got a racehorse you know, I mean, it, it, it was nuts. And that horse loved water, too. And I found that out about most gated horses. Most gated horses love water for some weird reason. Not mine. Not yours? Paso mine assholes. Act. I'm telling you, they're so weird. Mine ex exception will we'll go through it with some encouragement. Um, Nirvana, the gray mare that I ride, you pretty much have to back her into it. Like, And her oh, mother yeah. was... They just don't do, they don't do water. They don't do mud. They are crispy. They're, they're bougie. They are bougie. They yeah, are. I've noted there are three types of horses when it comes to water. Those that hate it, those that want to splash in it, and those that want to roll in it. I've never come across one that wants to roll in it. I've oh, my gosh. I got video on my TikTok. Got to go down. Comanche, a horse I rescued and found a home for. That joker would... If he stood in water for more than a second, he would drop down to his knees like an elevator falling out from under you and start <laughs> rolling. I'm very thankful I haven't come across that. Um, but, and I do, and honestly, like, I don't know how many other breeds do this, but with even our show horses, we take them out on the trail all the time. Yeah. They, they enjoy it and I know there's some people that they don't take their Fina horses out, but it's really such a good thing to get them out. Um, but going back to the gates, um, there's just a lot of people do not canter Pasifinos. Um, there is a mistaken belief that it'll, it'll ruin the gate. I have found, with exception, it is harder for her to maintain a Largo at a faster speed without wanting to just break into a canter. So there is some evidence behind that really um but then like with nirvana i've already decided i can't do um versatility with her or yeah. western because i can't get her to get up into a canter and maintain it for more than like one stride hmm. that's nuts 
It is. And it's just, she just wants to gate. And if that's what she wants to do, then that's what I'm going to let her do. But but like, we do have those main classes, the um, Fino performance and pleasure. And then um, you kind of touched on, we have what's called the specialty classes. Yeah. And that's Western pleasure, which again, I, I, and that one does tend to have at least one person at every show that does it, whether or not it's that same person at every show, I couldn't tell you, (laughs) but just say, but some people um, like what they like though. And and some people, they have a horse that's good at it. Um, My horses are all, when, if I can get them to canter, they're too quick. Yeah. So, and you have to have them on a loose rein and most passos are ridden on a tight, tight rein. And that's just the breed just, I've tried to ride a lot of passes on a loose train and they get mad. They're like, I want that. I want that connection. I want that touch. I, yeah. Um, they're, they're just used. I get it. was like anything, anything that's used to collection doesn't know what to do with its head when it's not collected. Yeah. So, so you know, I've seen video. I've seen you since you can go live now on TikTok. Yes. That was one thing I was happy about, like getting over a thousand. That's right. Really- yeah. So, oh, and t- tell people what your TikTok is, by the way. It is um, crap. Now I'm trying to remember my own TikTok name. Emma, Emmaru, something like that. Or sixteen. What is it? You know what? I'll just maybe it's easier for you to look it up. It's E M U R A, and it's either ninety one or sixteen. I use that username interchangeably on a lot of stuff, and I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's ninety one. You know, I'll I'll just link it at the bottom. But I know you listen to a lot of music, a lot of Sabaton. Yes, I caught on today. We're going to go see Sabaton in September. October. October. That's right. Yeah. In Atlanta. I'm stoked. I get to hang out with my buddy. We're going to listen to a great band. But uh, do you get do you get to read at all? Do I get to read? Yeah. In the barn. Do you get to read in the barn or listen to any audiobooks? I do. I do listen to quite a few audiobooks. Oh, really? Yeah. So where do you get your audiobooks? Audible.com. Audible.com. You know, if you head on over to Audible Trial forward slash J Ryan. You're going to get not only to sign up for free for a month, you're going to get one free audiobook. And if I got to make a recommendation, it's going to be Pasofino Horses by Raul Estrada Landano. That's a mouthful, by the way. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to correct you on pronunciation. Yeah, d- you I- know what? Just just look the book up, Pasofino Horses. But, you know, the best part about audible.com is it's not very expensive. You're going to earn points every month that you keep a subscription active. And most books aren't but one or two points anyway. Not only that, if you decide that Audible is not for you and you want to cancel your subscription, all the books that you've acquired, you keep. They're yours. You've already paid for them. And you get to keep your free book. If you just decide, hey, I want this one book, I'm going to sign up for the free trial. Do it. Audible doesn't care. Going over to audibletrial.com forward slash J Ryan today. Get your free audio book. Tell them I sent you. They'll love me and you'll love it. Shameless I, plug. We got to pay bills around here. I love Audible. I've been using it for years and we've, I've got probably 60 books. Yeah. You know, long before I had Audible uh, as a sponsor for the show, um, I had Audible and I've had Audible for years and I'm like you, I've got a ton of books. I'm always on the go with the, with the industry that I work in. Um, I'm always in the truck. The truck is my office is where I eat lunch. It's, it's, it's everything. Um, so I've always got a book on and 
I love history and there's enough history books on there to keep me. I mean, hundreds of thousands of books on audible. Anything you'd ever want to listen to is there. And uh, honestly, I love listening to, I have gotten to the point. I have my favorite um, voice actors. Oh, me too. It's nuts. Yeah, me too. And when I hear somebody like, oh, this person, reading this book and i go yes yeah like there's some that i'll look through and if i you know and i'm just like no 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 they'll they're gonna put me to sleep you know and then there's some i'll look at and i'll go yes um there was one book uh and he doesn't he hasn't done very many but he did um i think it was called whispers in the tall grass It's it's a vietnam memoir uh and he read it and he read the uh it's a couple of books in a series. He read all of them. And I love the way he reads a book. And I'll tell you another one. He's an author and he also does his own voice work for his books, his own narration. His name's Ross Patterson. And he does these historical comedy books. He did a book called At Night. At Night She Cries While He Rides His Steed. Um, he did another one, Darkness Falls. He doesn't catch it. You know, I mean, it, and it's hilarious. It is the most vulgar humor ever they're disgusting but they're hilarious definitely he he calls them uh, romance novels for dudes <laughs> I and, say, like i listen apparently listen to very different genres of uh yeah we, we we do yeah uh yeah we if you're books i listen to paranormal romance so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah oh yeah I'm, you know i'm <laughs> I can't say this is, you know, this is a non-explicit bike. I can't even, I couldn't even read a paragraph from one of Ross's books and just get through the explicit censors. Yeah. If you're under 18, ignore this whole conversation. Just get audible. No, I'm, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But uh, definitely though, I mean, listen, we're, we both, I mean, the, my advertisement aside, we both have audible. We both love audible uh audibletrial.com forward slash j ryan um i'm telling you you will not be disappointed especially if you're on the go and you like to listen to podcasts but you've got um you know certain podcasts you listen to and they put an episode out a week and then you know that's the only one that you get you get that one episode a week like a good friend of mine she's always sending me a message going man i wish you'd do two a week because you're like one of like three podcasts i listen to flow (laughs) and uh I'm like, oh, okay. I, I mean, I'm sure she listens to more, but I just got the feeling she don't listen to very many because she's always like, you didn't put a podcast out. Um, she could have you if she wanted to. I know. I mean, just, you know, I mean, but who do want to listen? I mean, apparently she wants to listen to this voice. <laughs> so I don't know. So, you know, Audible is a great way to kind of mitigate that. Um, I, You know, I have podcasts that I listen to. And when I've listened to all of them by Wednesday, I start listening to a couple of chapters of the books that I've got on Audible. So, but yeah, Audible's great. I'm telling you, as somebody who had Audible long before they sponsored the show, and I will have Audible long after their sponsorship is up. Um, what I loved about him, um, so I've only I've only recently upgraded my phone to something that's actually not ancient. And before that, I got absolutely no service in this barn whatsoever yeah. except for like the spot that i'm sitting in now or like the phone would actually have to be sitting in the window though for me to get service and so i would listen just to a lot of audiobooks and it was great because i like to listen to youtube a lot um, yeah and so i'll listen to stuff on there but i could do that while i was here so definitely helped me get through the day on See, 
Yeah, I and I can one hundred percent relate to that. I can download them so I can listen to them in areas that I don't have service. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say is I can be out like with the clients that I have. I'm in parts of the county that has never seen a cell tower. It doesn't matter who you have for a carrier. There's no signal. And if I have an audiobook and I'm on the tractor or something mowing a field for them or working on a fence, I have my AirPods in and I'm listening to a book because it's downloaded. You know, it, and it, it's a great way to make the day go. It, and save room on your phone. I didn't know you could actually undownload them for the longest time. And so then I was like, I have no space left on my phone. Well, it's because you have 60 books downloaded. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and that's something else, too, guys, is with Audible, we keep harping Audible. They're going to love me. <laughs> but they're just they're just great. But the, yeah, the thing is, is you can download the book, and if you delete, you know, the file, guess what? You still own the book. You can download it again. Um, you know, there, there's no problem there. So just because you're done with the book and it's taking up space, you can delete it. You still own it, but you can delete the book off of your uh, off of your drive on your phone or tablet or, or whatever. So yeah, I love Audible. Back to passive pheno horses, though. We, we sign phrases. <laughs> Listen, I mean, you know, I, I I can't help it. They're a great company, and I, I love, um, I love them. But yes, back to Pasifina horses. I'm trying to remember where we were at. I have no idea. We were talking about specialty classes. We were. So, and you said that harnesses weren't really a thing. It, it is, but it's just it's not something that people do a lot. Um, That'd so... be the slowest wagon in history. So in that, you're going to find the pleasure horses okay. doing that. So, and um, I can honestly say, I don't know how those classes are judged. <laughs> I have watched them, but they're not one I've ever looked into because I don't know how to drive a horse. So I, I, so admittedly, I was, even though I've had Pasofinos for 11 years now, I'm only recently new back into the show world. Yeah. Uh, I was living for five years in an area where I think I had the only Pasifino definitely within the county, probably within a several county area. I just, I just thought about something. You got to comment this said, do, do they walk normally? And I just got that mental image in my head of like a herd of Pasos and it's feeding time. And they're at the, they're on the back 40 trying to head up, you know, to wherever you feed them. And they're doing the little, <laughs> they were the little prance. Food involved they will cancer coming up there um <laughs> check out on tiktok smooth they do have a large passive farm um and they do have some videos like that I just, I just got that mental image and now i can't get it out of my head Everybody's... you have um versatility which um, apparently everybody needs to sneeze tonight uh versatility which it includes a jump a single jump oh really okay um again only really ever recall one or two people competing in that passes just don't do very well with jumping i have tried to do it with exception and i have gone over her shoulder so i said never again <laughs> but um and that's one of the that's one of two classes that asks for a canter and then you have Western Pleasure, which is going to be kind of, it's a walk Porto lope. I want to see a Paso lope. I got to Google this. 
I don't know how many videos there are, but if I see somebody at the next show with it, I'll try to remember to video it. Um, and then there's costume, which is always fun. That one, the costume has to be related to its Latin or Spanish heritage. Mm. And they used to require a story behind your costume. Now it's just a 100 word description with a maximum of two minutes. And you, unlike the Arabian classes, um, you enter one at a time and you get to pick whatever gate you wanna do. Um, it's open to all classes of Pasofinos and it's judged partially based on your story and then appearance and creativity and all of that, which is something I'm hoping to do next year. I have a dress planned with a uh, seamstress friend that we actually sat down over sushi yesterday and sketched out what we want to do for it. The, uh, I love the dress in the Pasofino world, which I love the dress in like the American Saddlebred world too. I can honestly say compared to the American Saddlebreds, I'm so glad our music is different. I could, I don't think I could stand to listen to that carousel music. It would drive us insane. <laughs> no, instead we get like Latin and reggaeton and things like that. You gotta okay, so you gotta you gotta tell you gotta tell this story real quick. I know we're running long, but this okay, this is kind of interesting. I know we're running long. You gotta tell the story about you in the horse trailer and getting live Latin music with a singer. So at the last show at the Texas show, um, Saturday night they did a they called it a banquet basically they just brought in like a mexican food caterer it was very very good um and at one point like i have my back turned to where the music is coming from we're sitting at the table all just talking and i didn't realize until i turned around it was a live singer and at this particular show we were lucky enough it was the uh, montgomery county fairgrounds in conroe texas and we were actually allowed to park the trailer with um, electric and water, just electric hookup right next to the stalls. And it was, it was right around the time my video was going viral. So I was awake watching the numbers rise and the comments come in and just kind of not believing that this is real. And I've got the window on the trailer open. I'm like, this is kind of awesome. Just being able to listen to live music while I'm in the horse trailer. Just, I should be going to bed at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, usually we get loud drunks that are trying to rope a rope and dummy. That's usually that's, all we get at ours. <laughs> that's nationals. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, and then we and in, in the past we've got horsemanship and things like that. Um, we do have an in hand class that is very different from a lot of other breeds because it's basically ground driving. We call it Baya Forma. Yeah, but it is essentially a ground driving class. Um, there's not a lot of people that participate in it because um, there is a thought that it will. A horse that's taught well in Bay of Forma has a hard time transitioning to under saddle is essentially what it is. 
there are some trainers who are great and they can make the, they can get a horse to do both. There's some horses that only ever seem to do well in Bay of Forma. And I've, I've met one that was that way. So outside of like, so we, I mean, we've pretty much discussed the show world and mm-hmm. we kind of touched a little bit on the pleasure world of the Pasofino. As far as, I mean, the pleasure world goes, we didn't touch on it much. Um, what else are they known for? Just, I mean, really being outstanding trail horses. That's, they're great for that, but they are, they're known for having a ton of personality. Um, they'll take care of you. I mean, they are such wonderful horses that if you can really form a with one, they will they will protect you with their lives. I liken them a lot to Arabians when it comes to things like that. That's a big comparison for me. I'm one of the but few people that like, you know, I'm not a diehard Arab guy. I appreciate Arabs. I drug poor Jess through um, the International Museum of the Horse and the Arab Gallery just to make a point. <laughs> that not all Arabs were wide-eyed and dish-faced, you know. And, and I can I agree with that. Um, I love me a good Polish Arabian. Um, the more that I've seen them, the, I do like a good Egyptian Arabian that doesn't have an overly dished face. I've come to appreciate them as I've gotten older. There are Arabs that look. Um, I don't know how to put it. Look very cow horse too. And a lot of people, you know, they see when they're like, that's an Arab. Yeah, that's an Arab. You know, they're, they're kind of, there's Arabs out there that are stocky that have a normal looking head or what I would call a normal looking head. When you get into the European Arabians, that's, they get to be a very stocky horse. Yeah. Like uh, what, like some of your Polish Arabs, Anglo Arabs. And things like that. Yeah. They, they, they're not what you typically, they, they, the Egyptian Arabians are really, I mean, they're the OGs, but they are very different than most of the other. Arabians. Making I'm, Arabs. Hurt by any matter. I've met like two in my entire life, but. Yeah. Making Arabs sound gangster. <laughs> they, uh, well, like, so like. They are. Yeah. Well, like my mare is, is running breed quarter horse dash for cash line. And. The Arab is Egyptian Arab, but was a French racehorse. I forget mm-hmm. the horse's name. I'll have to go back and look. I, I, so I can barely pronounce it. You mentioned a show name, and this is something that I just like to bring out that's different than, say, something like, it's, it's always amusing to me when you hear quarter horse, show, like, uh, registered names. They typically try to tie in lineage. Yes. And you find that in the past of Minos. Not typically. Occasionally, you will. There's been a couple of um, it started with Dulce Sueño and there's now like Dulce Archangel. And so there's been a couple of those where they've branched off from that. But most of the time you're naming that horse as an individual with no thought to lineage. And it's almost always going to be Spanish. It really throws me off anymore when I come across a Paso that doesn't have a, at least a Spanish registered name. And yeah. usually a somewhat Spanish um, bar name, like in our barn, we have a horse named Harold. 
it kind of fits his, it kind of fits him he's an he's an old gray man um but most of our horses i mean we've got ana gabriel um emblema pincelada joyero oropel exceptions a little bit different but it, that's just the english translation of her actual name exception yeah well like you know and you see the same thing in like the third red world like lineage doesn't doesn't really play in those names and those horses um you know you like if they were everyone would have something in their name remotely related to nearco i mean let's just be honest um but yeah with the quarter horses uh lines lines mean a lot in that world uh and you know lines mean a lot i think in every breed but it is a little different i'll admit um having a little background in quarter horses lines mean a lot um and lines are something that a lot of people uh take pride in especially a lot of these ranches uh who are known for specific lines and so they people want to know you know what line that horse is it's kind of something they hang their hat on so it's very traditional in that world you know to if you've got something that goes back to dot bar it'll be doc something and so for yeah. us lines are very important for us um people are very well versed in the lines usually i'm not i'm absolutely getting there um like i've been i was out of it for so long that i was like oh dolly was you know the number one stallion they were like he was the number one stallion like 10 years ago I'm like oh okay <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're only now it's recently changed this year allowed 35 characters in a horse's name hmm. and for most of us um, we have a farm name that's attached to it. So for the farm that I am at, it's De Caballo Oscuro, which means yeah. uh, the farm nearest is El Tomoria, de, uh, de El Tomoria. And so you have to be able to fit that into that character limit. So you really, I mean, when you've got a horse's name, Terrimoto, you can't fit that to the other horse's name. No, well, and you'll see that doing the quarter horse world, like a specific ranch. Usually it'd be like two characters, whatever that ranch is, you know. Um, like you'll see something like uh TS's smoking desire or something like that, and the TS will be the ranch. Um, so we do that. Look who joined us. Jessman Rice decided to 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 just phone it in. Is when she came in. <laughs> just popped up like Sorry, a big guys, image. Like, I ate like seven pounds of lasagna it's okay we've been we're, we're running really long but we're having fun so flo smorgoner is going to love this episode because she can listen to it over the course of two days <laughs> so we 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 have it's been paso asso overload paso asso sounds like a great time oh my gosh we, we've covered it all i'm sad i missed it we talked about audible for 30 minutes that's great. 30 minutes? Yeah, Audible's going to love me. We're no. like, like four, but <laughs> we just Audible quite a bit. Yeah, we, yeah we, we we just love that company. So, Heck yeah. I still need to download it. You do. You need yes. to sign up. Go on to audibletrial.com forward, forward slash J Ryan. I'll do it. I mean, what kind of co-host are you? You're late. I don't know. sign up for the sponsors i mean jeez <laughs> listen i'm not getting paid so i can i can slack off yet 
<laughs> the you know the, the crazy thing is like we talked about being the show being ranked now in the top 50 overall and top 40 on itunes in the genre and i'm like man i wish i had the money to show for that yeah no joke you know i mean hannah's over here with hannah's over here playing with bougie arabs and you know we're we're no that is my own money (laughs) yeah arabs no that's what we were calling pasifinos it's bougie arabs bougie arabs that's how Ryan and I met was back on his video where he was like, what you, the, your breed of horse says about you or something like that. And he said, if you write a Pasifino, you're just a bougie Arab person. Yeah, you're just bougie Arab people. Goodness gracious. Can you guys hear my dogs? Yes, we can hear your dog. What are I'm they doing? sorry. They're going buck I, wild. Left and right back here. So That's all right. Her horses are snorting and sneezing. Like everybody's got allergy problem. Like someone tells me she's going to have to run through the barn with Butte tomorrow. I mean, I don't know. Nah, it's just hey, that'd be fine. It'd be I fine. was like trying to get the evening done before we start, and then I ended up actually. I know I just got on here, but I'm gonna go feed my dogs really quick so they stop barking and acting like wild dingoes. <laughs> We're probably about to wrap it up anyway. All right, that sounds good. Though we can we can hang around and chit chat though. Sounds good. I'll be right back. Okay, you'll be right back. So, <laughs> well, Hannah, it was an extreme pleasure to have you on for you to talk about your breed, which I do consider uh, a very fascinating breed. And if you're definitely into the history of the horse, uh, played a very significant part, specifically in um, the Americas as a whole. Um, it doesn't get much more historical than the Pasofino and horses. Like at 500 years, it's kind of hard to find another horse outside of Andalusians and thoroughbreds and things like that that have a history that long still. Yeah, and it is very much something that I love. And that's, you know, it also just shows that it, it's not, you can't force it. No, you can't. And as not natural. at all. Yep, they're as natural as it gets. There's not a whole lot you can do to make that horse do what it does uh, without ruining what it does, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. So, Very much. yeah, again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your amazing breed with us. Um, you can find her on TikTok, and I believe it's 91, by the way. Yep, E-M-U-R-A-9-1. Yep, it will and be in the... Uh, I, I've just been extremely busy this last week between a show. I went to the Land Rover three-day event, and... I got to go to Six Flags for my niece's birthday, so. We don't want to talk about the Land Rover. I will not call it the Rolex. I will not call it the Rolex. I will not call it the <laughs> Rolex. We're, yeah, we're, we were all three supposed to meet there, and it just kind of it kind of fell apart last minute. Uh, road, you know what, to the, road to the Horse drained me. and. What's sad is I think I only saw about, like, 30 minutes of actual competition. So I, I know we're trying to wrap up. Did anybody see Boyd Martin's TikTok of him running with his horse with the American flag suit? Oh my god! <laughs> that man he, encompasses everything that is American, and he's Australian. He was doing the jog, like oh. their jog outs, to make sure that they're still sound. Yeah. And he made a whole TikTok about it. He's like, I don't care what anyone's like. I, against popular opinion, I still did the, the, what did he say? The, the, the stri- the stars and trots, or something like yeah. that. 
That was so fun. I, you know, we were very fortunate to have Boyd Martin uh, here in here in Aiken. And in fact, I was just on the phone with my ferrier, and I was like, "Yeah, it's like you know, a friend of mine was excited because they could do a walk now with Boyd Martin, and he goes, you can do that in Publix in Aiken, you know, <laughs> on the vegetable aisle, you know, it's Boyd Martin. Hi, good day, you know. I mean, it, it's I, he is larger than life here." He's larger than life anywhere. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think Boyd Martin, to me, is probably one of my favorite equestrians in the world right now. His attitude, he's hilarious. And he's he a just, hell of an athlete. Do I, Anna? I said he just seems like a genuine person. But I will say Michael Jung's ride was spectacular. And um, there was, if anybody did watch it, um, there was a horse that fell on the cross-country course. He is doing okay um they i saw the video of that yeah i didn't see it in person but we were so in the vendor hall they had like a big screen um showing the event and we happened to be watching when it happened and um they have said he is okay he is up and walking well that's good that's good oh something else i wanted to bring up so this will be the last episode before the Kentucky Derby, and I'm sure we're going to have a Derby after show. It's probably going to be a roundtable episode to celebrate our ranking in the podcast world, but we're also going to have to do a Derby debrief, so we're going to have to get Flo Smorgonner with us. Uh, so who are y'all's picks for uh, for the Kentucky Derby? I'm honestly crown pride because he's the only one I actually know who's running. So thank you to yeah. Flo for introducing me to that horse. Uh, well, I pay attention to the derby that much like i watch it but i don't pay attention to who's yeah so crown pride will be in the uh at gate number seven um i am a fan of crown pride i am pulling really hard for that horse i, I would love to see that horse be a triple crown winner i don't see that horse being a triple crown winner though but he's i think he's 50 to one right now i don't know i have to go back and look Regardless, I love that horse's training methods. I mean, they're doing just like circle work, like you would do a normal horse. Like they're they're treating him like a normal horse, and not a race horse. And I love that. I love everything about that. I want to back him on that just because of that. Yeah, I mean, that's what I say. Like they're like that is a horse that will go on and seriously would make a good saddle horse at this point. Even though he did dump his rider, I don't know if you saw that video. He's also three. I in that video, if you look at the Palomino, who was the uh, the hazer on that, you know, they put somebody beside him, an outrider, to keep him straight when they were breezing him. That Pally has a hell of a career as like a header. Yeah. That'd be a hell of a heading horse right there, buddy. Probably what they do in their off time. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's a roping horse. So all right, so th- th- there you go. We're pulling for uh what is that horse's name again? Dad Gummit? Crown Pride. Crown Pride. I just know him as a Japanese racehorse. Jess is over there laughing. Goodness gracious. I know. I wish I knew. I wish I followed the Kentucky Derby more. You live closer to Lexington than actually it's not even Lexington, it's in Louisville. Yeah. You live closer to Louisville than any of us. Louisville. 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 I mean, Louisville. let's just be honest. You have those vowels into one you have to say it like you have a golf ball in your mouth there you go here's so here's the thing about kentucky and i'm gonna do a whole tiktok on this by the way and it's gonna be aiken and ocala 
having a secret meeting and leaving Lexington out of it. And Lexington's <laughs> going to show up. We're going to be like, well, we left you out because you're basically Ohio. Yeah. And then Ohio's a bomb. Shut hold up. on, hold on, hold on. And then Lex is going to look at Ocala and go, well, you're basically Ohio too. <laughs> and then Ocala's go, well, Aiken's basically New England. And then we're all going to be like, fine, he's in. And then Texas is going to knock on the door. And we're going to slam the door in his face. Oh my gosh. It's going to be great. But yeah, Kentucky could be split up into thirds. And a third of it could be the Midwest. Another third could be West Virginia. And the other third could just be Ohio and everybody be happy. No, Kentucky's the bomb. I loved it up there, by the way. I thought Kentucky Kentucky's gorgeous. I love I love Eastern Kentucky. Mountains, like the West Virginia, Kentucky. Yeah, Tyler Childers country. Yep. Sure do. I lived in Grayson, Kentucky for a long time. And that it I live right off the road. That Billy Ray Cyrus' Old Town Road songs from. Oh, no. I did. Yeah, can I close this, please? Yeah, we, you can close it. I, the cat's in the way. Where I'm, I'm not editing any of this out. I'm leaving it in of you fighting the cat. <laughs> Just talking about Old Town Road. I'm going to take my horse to Old Town Road. Thousands of people are going to hear that. I hope so you <laughs> i'm a musician something you guys didn't know oh my gosh so i will say with uh, the lexington area i made an observation that i mentioned to um, julia i was like is it like a requirement in this area that everyone must have black post and rail fences yeah know. pretty much i'm com- <laughs> I, I you know i think any and what blew my mind was any vehicle older than five years old is completely rusted out i'm not used to that here we go. The South is better than anything else. Who is it that wants to move to South Carolina? Who is it? <laughs> the South is better than anything else. Now, you got to do it like you've got a big chaw <laughs> on your lip, though. You're not a chaw bar on my elbow. Yeah. All right. Look, we got to end this. They feel like for the roundtable podcast because this is more with the roundtable. Yeah, this like. is more. Yeah, we, we got to save this. We got to save this for roundtable. So, Guys, thank you so much for listening in. For Jessamine Rice, thank you, Hannah Schroeder. God, I can't even say your name. I got to back <laughs> off the Coors. It ain't even the Coors. I just got mush mouth. Like halfway through the episode, I just got mush mouth. I don't know what <laughs> happened. Hannah Schroeder, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your fantastic breed with us. Um, the Paso Asshole. <laughs> thank you for having me on. <laughs> and uh, you'll be back for the Roundtable of Mediocre Horsemen. Uh, Jessamine will be back for the roundtable mediocre horseman. Hopefully we can, somebody can throw a rope and, and, and hog tie Heather Hullet. And, uh, we know we can get Flo Schmorg on. All we got to do is say, you know, round table and she's there. So it'd be a good time. That's right. It'd be a great time. So again, thank you, Hannah, for coming on and we will catch you guys next time. <laughs>